Triple Seven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle, featuring your host, the writer Chris Pike, and the scoring machine, Sean Reddish. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. I'm your co-host Chris Pike and let's get straight into it because we've got another jam-packed show and I'll introduce my co-host and the man that you're all here to, to hear from. Um, he doesn't need the big introduction every single week so we'll get straight to it. Sean Redditch, thanks for joining me once again. Thanks Pikey, appreciate the uh, intro and I'm looking forward to another great uh, episode. Now, yeah, now last week I think we... I think we surprised ourselves with the number of questions we got in your Q&A segment and, and you certainly got tested on some and you got to open up about some, some different things. Did you did you get much feedback during the week from some of, some of the, the question and answers? Yeah, no, it's always fun to hear the uh, fans' questions and, you know, that's the one benefit, I think, of social media these days is to be able to have access to, uh, to players and and people that you probably wouldn't do on a, on a daily basis. So to get those questions was, was great and... Uh, Hopefully, we did a good job as we can uh, answering them. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll try to do that segment, make that a regular thing. Maybe once a month we'll do do that segment. So if you've got some questions for Sean, just store them up and send them through to us on social media, anywhere through Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and, and we'll make sure that we, we get to them. Another big show this week as well, as well, Sean. There's plenty happening across the league, and there's plenty happening here on Hoops Evans Basketball Hustle. So, first of all, Sean Bruce, who is having a career resurgence right now at the Sydney Kings. His last three games, he's had 22 assists. He's playing some tremendous basketball, and that's the guy who couldn't find a contract in the league last season. It's great to see him earn that spot now at the Kings and to play some great basketball. Um, he's a guy that you spent a fair bit of your career playing against. It's nice to see him getting the chance that he deserves now to show what he's fully capable of. He's doing it on a on a good team as well. So yeah. credit to Sean Bruce for sticking with it. It's always tough to be in the league and then go and kind of play in that that uh, second division. Been playing over in the QBL, done a fantastic job over there, but and then get back in the league um, and not only just get back, but now making a difference in, in playing some great basketball. So credit to Sean Bruce. I think it's. Uh, a song of uh, the respect that the league has for him and what, what he's been able to accomplish. But but also, I mean, that takes a lot of drive and uh, commitment to, to stay motivated. And then uh, when you get your opportunity to make the most of it, and he's certainly doing that. Absolutely. Um, now, I've also caught up with Cody Ellis, a man who I think a lot of people are still surprised that he's never ended up playing for the Perth Wildcats, given given what, what his dad, Mike, did for the for the club. And, and maybe it was because you and Jesse Wagstaff were, were such stalwarts at the Wildcats that he just didn't get a look in in that power forward spot. But he's somebody that, that still had a really good NBL career. It might not be over yet for him. He might still get another chance down the line. He's certainly not, not too old for it. But he's somebody that um, you spent a fair bit of time playing against during his NBL career, but also the last three years in the SBL. Yeah, now a guy who just uh, found a way to, um, I think, get the most out of himself, and um, you know, he seemed to just always hit big shots. I remember yeah. just playing against him or watching him, and he would just, you know, come in just almost, almost just a little bit casual, and whenever those big moments arise, he would hit the hit the, hit the big shot. So. Um, you know, I think, yeah, it's probably a surprise he hasn't played for the Wildcats. And that's, you know, it, sometimes it's just a numbers game, not a talent loss. But, yeah, you've got Jesse Wagstaff at that fourth spot. I guess I was there for a number of years and Matty Knight as well. So you've had some pretty good players in that spot. So sometimes it's just hard to find that that um, room for you 
even though uh, your talent says you, you, you can play at that, that level and that position for, for the Wildcats as, as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And for the fourth quarter this week, we'll have a, a, a change it up a little bit and you'll have the four biggest surprises so far of this NBL season. So so keep an eye out for that because that'll be that'll be worth checking out as well. So plenty going on on this week's show, Sean. So that's quickly moving into it. And, and also, thanks to Hoops Heaven, we wouldn't be here without their support and stay tuned throughout this show we'll have a special code word for you where you can get a special disc- discount to use at the store as well and also thanks to id athletic and to devlins and of course if you're listening to us right now you've found us somewhere but whether it's itunes or spotify or soundcloud or youtube or indeed on 91.3 sport fm you can hear hoop sevens basketball hustle at just about anywhere you can imagine so thanks for tuning in and it's time to get into the show sean and Looking back on round six of the NBL, it's hard to think anything but Melbourne Melbourne United and the Sydney Kings are the two standout teams right now. Melbourne United have won four straight games now. They've put up 107.5 points over the last four games that they've won, and the Sydney Kings just keep winning as well. They're now 8-1 on the back of that big win over the Perth Wildcats on Sunday. Yeah, well, going into the season, if you would have said those two teams are the most talented, if I looked at their roster just on a pure talent, I knew it was only a matter of time before Melbourne uh, United kind of got on a roll. And, and Casey Prather is back, probably not up to the level that uh, he's accustomed to, but he'll get there over the next couple of weeks. So that's a, a scary thing for the league as well. They're winning without, uh, you know, the three-time championship winner, Casey Prather. So... It's, um, you know, I, I think Melbourne United is starting to figure it out. Defensively, though, I've, I've, I've got my questions there, but I think uh, there's no doubt Sydney Kings are absolutely rolling right now. And uh, other than the one blemish, they are, they're looking like they are the team to beat. And uh, it's going to be a tough out for them, especially uh, throughout the season, but then once you get into the final as well. I wanted to get your thoughts on the New Zealand Breakers as well. They lost two more games on the weekend. They're now struggling at two and six, and they come to Perth this weekend to play on Sunday. A lot of injuries over the weekend and, you know, they, they played the game against South East Melbourne Phoenix already missing, I think, Jared Weeks and Rob Lowe and Finn Delaney and then, obviously, RJ Hampton got got ejected early on and, you know, Scott Hobson's missing as well at the moment. It just looks like a, a different club to me right now. They they worked so hard when Andre Lamanis was coach, when Richard Clark was general manager, when the Blackwells were in charge as owners. On our very first show of Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle, we spoke to Dylan Boucher about how much pride he took in helping build that culture of the club and they ended up winning four championships as a result. But it was more than that. They were greatly respected for the way they did, did their business and the way they played their basketball and and, you know, I guess it was CJ Bruden and Mickey McCona and Dylan and, you know, Paul Hanari, Kirk Penny, these type of guys that set the culture on the court and, you know, Andre Lamanis and Dean Vickerman as coaches did as well. But since the ownership change with Matt Walsh coming in, they've now, you know, gone gone to the outside in terms of coaches. They've got two two guys from Israel as their coach and, and assistant coach. They They seem to be putting a putting more of a focus on talent over over culture or character right now. Um, what do you think of what's happening at the Breakers at the moment from what you can tell from, from the outside? Well, it is an interesting one. And because, uh, you know, I guess I was there in the Breakers and they were just trying to get started. 
Um, and then the Blackwells came in as the ownership group and just really set the tone as this is the, the character of the team. This is the culture we want to build and really set the tone there. And you had some strong leaders there. You know, Tony Ronson left the Wildcats, still one of the, the best leaders I've, uh, I've seen and, and, and a great winner. You had CJ Bruton come over, obviously Dylan Boucher, Paul Hanari, uh, speaks for itself and the leadership group that they had there. And then Nick Bacona, the ultimate warrior. So it's, uh, you know, all those guys are gone now. Yeah. Um, you bring in a guy like Glenn Rice Jr., who is extremely talented, but I've seen extremely talent doesn't usually win games on a consistent basis in this league. Um, and I think they're, they're, they're finding it out. I think the, you know, Matt Walsh is, is new, uh, new to the league a little bit and new to, you know, he's been there for a couple of years now, but I think he's still, still kind of figuring out what kind of uh, team and system they're going to be able to, to produce on a, on a nightly uh, basis. And it's, you know, it, it's got to frustrate, you know, there's guys like Paul Hanari, Dylan Boucher, CJ Bruton. Uh, I'd imagine on the outside, it would frustrate them just knowing the groundwork that they laid in, in mm. Nick of Bacona in that club and just to see where it is now just seems like you're right it's just pure talent and uh, we're going to try and out talent you bringing in rj hampton who's who's an extremely talented player but it just doesn't seem like it's gelled out on the court yet yeah absolutely it'd be fascinating to see how they go now on sunday in perth but moving along to the next stars program it was a massive weekend for them lamello ball had the best game of his short nbl career up in Cairns to lead them to a win it was an interesting one for rj hampton as we talked about getting ejected probably unfairly. I don't think he deserved the, the two to the two tech fouls in that one incident against Southeast Melbourne. But then Diddy Lozada had a had a massive game as well for, for the Kings. How do you feel the next stars program's working and are you happy with the fact that players that have already been drafted in the most recent NBA draft are eligible under under that program? I'm not sure NBA draft picks was the the goal of the program at the start. Um, you know, CD Lozada and his game against the Perth Wildcats was just incredible. Yeah. Um, just shows the, the talent level that he has. Um, the exposure for the league, we've never seen anything like it. So, you know, I think that it's, uh, it's been fantastic from that point of view. And I think, um, some of these, these guys, I mean, you're going to look back, they're, they're going to be better for coming into this league and, and, and playing in a professional environment. But I do think it puts a little bit of a strain on the teams as well. I mean, you look at Illawarra and obviously it's, it's Lamella, the ball's team. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to have to play him 30 minutes. You know, they've got Slam as their, their, their major sponsor. So it's a, uh, it's Lamello ball's team and you're going to have to ride those waves with a 18 year old point guard. So, you know, I love it from a league point of view. And in the exposure that they're getting, um, you know, there's been some comments this week about, you know, Sydney Kings having four imports and, and all this, uh, with Didi Lozada. But, you know, the Kings are playing by the rules. Those are the yeah. rules they've set with the next star program. Any team could have signed Didi Lozada. Sydney Kings snapped him up and, uh, they're reaping the benefits. Well, basically, 
the way I understand it, any team could have signed anyone drafted in last year's draft who isn't on an NBA roster. So that, that left a fairly wide talent pool. So there was plenty of options there for other clubs as well to go down the next ask path. Um, just touching on that as well, James Wiseman, potential number one draft pick. He could be number two or number three, depending on what happens with Lamelo Ball. Um, deemed ineligible to play by the NCAA, but that's still up in the air. I still think there's a bit of water to go under the bridge there. But if he if he isn't able to play the rest of the season in college, would you think an NBA club should pick him up and, and who would be the best destination for him? I hadn't heard a lot about James Wiseman until this past week. And I started to watch some of his game film. <laughs> wow, if he, you know, people are talking about LaMelo Ball being the number one pick. After watching him, I think it's going to be hard for teams to pass up the talent level that he has. Um, I think him and, and, and RJ, or sorry, and LaMelo Ball will be one, too. I don't know. It depends on what the team needs, um, whoever is in the lottery with the number one pick. But, um, you know, I think there's some teams that would definitely be in the market for, for a big guy like that. His athleticism is – his head is almost touching the rim on most times when going up for block shots. So it's a uh, – it would just be he'd be a human highlight film, uh, even even at 18 year old in, in our league. So it's it's an interesting one. It's the one thing about the NCAA that frustrates me. I mean, Penny Hardaway helped him out moving expenses. Penny Hardaway wasn't even a coach at the time yeah. for Memphis, and now they're deeming an 18 year old ineligible, and yet. The NCAA is profiting millions of dollars off off the exposure of a guy like that. So it's I hope for his sake he, he's considered eligible and it gets all sorted. But going by past of what's happened, um, I could see uh, him playing over professionally uh, pretty soon. It'd be great for us if he if he ends up here. I think I think it'd be great to see him in a place like Cairns to see what he can do for the for basketball in that area. But also, there's no reason he couldn't come to Perth. There's no reason he couldn't go to go to Adelaide. I think there's a number of destinations there for him that would, would be pretty exciting. Um, what if he ends up in Illawarra? I mean, him and I mean, the, the whole world is already watching the, the Hawks, so why not uh, throw another another player in there? Well, then they would then then they would pack out that stadium. You would have to pull pull down the the curtains on the building. Then you would think. Now, let's keep moving, Sean, because we've got plenty to get through on this week's Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Let's move into the Round 6 recap, and we'll quickly run through the games from, from last weekend. Um, started a long time ago, Thursday in Auckland. Another really good crowd at Spark Arena, but it was a good game too, but Melbourne United on the back of a big third quarter got the win, 104-101 over the Breakers. Chris Golding, 16 points in the third quarter, and Sean Long, Mellow Trimble, Trim pretty good as well. Glenn Rice in his first game, only two days after arriving in the country, put up 26 points in 18 minutes, but you know, another tough, tough loss for the Breakers to take. It is. You, you kind of thought that they were going to really make uh, Spark Arena their fortress. Um, that that is that's one they 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 needed to kind of get stay in contention in that top four and give them uh, a shot. Yeah, just that third quarter by Chris Golding was uh, to me was the difference, and you know that that talent that that Melbourne United team has is exceptional when they're clicking on all cylinders. I think there's only Sydney uh, be able to contest with them uh, on a on a basis when they're playing their best. Yeah, I think so too. Then Friday night, 
Speaking of the Sydney Kings, they got the win over the Brisbane Bullets, 95-85 to 85 in Brisbane. Um, fascinating game. Brisbane put up 60 points in the first half, and, and they looked like they were playing some really good basketball on the back of, of Lamar Patterson especially, but they only scored 25 points in the second half. Sydney put the clamps on them, and, and again, the key to the Kings was having so many contributors, whether it was, whether it was Brad Newley or or Jay Sean Tate or Casper Ware or Craig Moller or whoever it was, Sean Bruce, who we'll speak to on the show shortly. Um, it was, a, it was a, another really good performance from the Kings. They are. They just got, you know, telling someone this week, they just got another gear and another level that the other teams don't have. And, uh, and we saw that against the Wildcats, but in that game, yeah, 60 points. Probably weren't happy uh, at halftime with their defense, especially the way they've been playing defense this year. And then they just turned it on. And, uh, and that's something that other teams don't have, you know, where you can just clamp down to be able to take your game, but then also have the offense to back it up. So it's a, uh, they're, they're a machine at the moment and, uh, it's a, uh, well-oiled machine and they're, they're getting it done. And also on Saturday, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, they keep winning in Melbourne. They still haven't really been tested away from Melbourne. Their one trip away was, of course, the 30-point the loss in Perth. But yeah, against the shorthanded breakers, breakers coming off a short break and then losing RJ Hampton on top of Jared Weeks and Rob Lowe and Finn Delaney and, and Scott Hobson also being out. Um, yeah, the Phoenix were too strong in the end. 103-78. Mitch Creek was good again. John Robinson good again. And, and Dane Pino, one of the surprise packets this season, had a, had a career night. Yeah, Dave Benno, he's really relishing getting that opportunity. And you just see a guy like that who's played behind Boga for last season at the Kings. Um, one, I think he learned a lot going against Boga on a, on a daily basis in training and then uh, gets this opportunity making the most of it. And, uh, you know, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, we'll talk about them uh, a little bit later in the show maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But they're, uh, they are really, uh, you know, just find a way to win. And, you know, they, credit to them. They haven't had to play away from Melbourne other than Perth, and uh, they're making the most of it. Cairns Taipans, really disappointing for them. I think they would have would have penciled this in as a as a win in there after a nine day break, first of a three first of three straight home games. But the Illawarra Hawks came to town and got the job done. One hundred one ninety one, terrific game from Lamelo Ball. Twenty four points, nine rebounds, seven assists, hit five three pointers. But Sunday Desh was a surprise packet. Twenty one points, five rebounds, five assists, best game of his NBL career. And then you had the veteran bigs, Dave Anderson and Josh Boone, having their best games of of their seasons. Yeah, it was a, a really good performance from the Hawks. They ended up 27 offensive rebounds for the game and if you're getting that many, you're not going to lose too often. No, they they, they, they played their best season, or best game of the season, I thought. And, yep. you know, if you're Kansas Tide fans, you're pretty frustrated with that loss. I mean, uh, playing there for a number of years, it's a tough place to play and um, Kansas has to find a way to make that their their, their fortress at home and get those wins at home. It'll be tough for them on the road, but um, you know if they if they're not going to be able to beat Illawarra at home, I think it's going to be a, another long season up there in the far north. Melbourne United Adelaide thirty six is always a fascinating rivalry, but Melbourne was too strong one hundred nine to ninety on the back of a big second quarter. Mellow Trimble best game of his season. He was terrific. Chris Golding really good again with five threes and just too much firepower in the end for for Melbourne. Yeah, you knew it was going to be. I mean, Melbourne United, how they're playing offense at the moment, they're just trying to outscore teams. And then you got Adelaide, who likes to run it up and down. It was going to be an offensive juggernaut game. And, and Melbourne United, obviously, starting to click on all cylinders. And Adelaide, you know, they had some guys that were a bit quiet. Daniel Johnson, uh, especially in that first half. So they're, 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 
they're going to need all their guys to uh, to really be clicked to to be able to compete with with United and Sydney Kings and the Perth Wildcats this year uh, on a consistent basis. So, and they need they need Randall to uh, play at his MVP level. Last game of the round, Sydney Kings beat the Perth Wildcats 104-85. to Diddy Lozada, massive game, 28 points on, on 7 of 11 shooting from 3. But but again, they got plenty more contributions from there. And, and really, it was a, a two-man show for the Wildcats with Bryce Cotton, 36 points, Nick Kay, 18 points. But they're going to need a lot bit more contribution from other players if they're going to win, win games going forward for the Wildcats. Yeah, it was, uh, you know... Sydney Kings just have another level that other teams don't have. And um, even with Bryce Cotton scoring 36, doing whatever he wanted out there on the court, probably didn't get the recognition he deserved with the game that T.D. Lozada had. Um, and credit to the Kings for the for the way they played. And they're doing this with Bogut, you know, being a little bit quiet on the offensive end. Um, but knowing Bogut as well, that's not going to really worry him. He's not concerned. You know, he's played with, with Steph Curry for a number of years, so he doesn't need to score to have an effect on the game and it was uh you know it was a, cl- a shooting clinic one of the best uh shooting games i've seen uh, a team play against the wildcats as well it was uh impressive performance and uh especially i mean that was the wildcats first game of the round that was the kings coming back home their second game so i think it makes it even more impressive and they're uh top of the league uh for a reason at the moment now, thanks to that round six recap, thanks to Hoops Heaven. Um, just quickly running through the ladder, Sean. Um, Sydney King still on top, eight and one. Southeast Melbourne still second, five and two. It's a great start from them. Perth Wildcats six and three. Melbourne United now on the back of that four game winning streak, five and four. So that rounds out the top four. Brisbane Bullets four and four. Adelaide have now lost three in a row. They're three and four. And then I think there's a bit of a gap to the, to the rest. It's hard to see. The New Zealand Breakers who are two and six. Ken Saipan's two and six. Illawarra Hawks two and seven. It's hard to see any of those three staying in playoff contention. What does the ladder tell you at, at this point? Well, I think I think it, you know it's going to be a fight between Brisbane, Southeast Melbourne, Phoenix, and Adelaide for that four spot. I sure. think the top three. I think the Wildcats, Kings, and United are, are the three best teams in the league, and that'll probably play out over over the season. Not sure how that you know who's going to finish second and third out of the Wildcats. And United, but, um, you know, I think it's going to be a battle for that four spot. I, I kind of get the feeling Brisbane Bullets might sneak in there just because Southeast Melbourne, they've had such a great start to this season. Um, but also I think the schedule has helped them. So once they start playing some road games, it could get a little bit tougher late, later in the year. So we'll see how it all plays out. But this is NBL basketball. You never know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why we play the game. Touching on some of those teams, probably especially Brisbane and, and maybe Adelaide as well. Um, do they need to make personnel changes or if you were, if you were those clubs, would you stick with what you've got for the rest of the season? I mean, we talked about this, uh, last week as well. I think Brisbane probably need to, um, need to find that, that, that more inside presence, that four man that can maybe even switch over to the five if they need to. Um, a little bit more of a physical presence than, um, than they're getting from their, their current guys. Um, Adelaide, you know, I, don't, I, I like Griffin. I think Randall's, Randall's pretty good for them. You know, I think they just got to find a little bit more consistency in that lineup. I think that they're capable of beating anyone um, when, when they're playing their best. No Joey Riser to get them. But I expect Brisbane, they'll make a change at some stage if they, if they 
they want to be able to compete with the Sydney and, and United and the Wildcats uh, come the end of the season. That first segment was proudly brought to you by our naming rights sponsor here on Basketball Hustle, Hoops Heaven. Check them out at hoopsheaven.com.au or if you're in Perth, head down to Murray Street in the Perth City because it's a store that has everything you could ever hope for when it comes to your basketball gear, your basketball equipment, your shoes, your, your jerseys, your T-shirts, your shorts, your, your jackets, your jumpers, your hats, your beanies, everything you could ever hope for when it comes to basketball, Hoops Heaven has you covered. And as our major partners here at, at Basketball Hustle, they've got a special deal for all of our listeners as well. Once you get to the checkout at hoops7.com.au or if you are indeed in store, mention this podcast to them and the special code word is HUSTLE. So if you type in hustle at checkout or mention hustle to the team there at Hoops Heaven, you'll get a special discount, all thanks to Hoops Heaven and all thanks to their partnership here with, with us at Basketball Hustle. Whether it's all of your first ever NBL gear, including RJ Hampton and LaMelo Ball City singlets, they're fantastic. All of your Perth Wildcats gear, all of the NBA gear you can never hope for, all of your basketball shoes you can hope for. Hoops Heaven will have you have you covered and make sure you check them out. They're a fantastic supporters of ours and make sure you support those that support us. Moving right along here on Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle and our first guest on this week's show is a man in in the best form of his NBL career right now. Sean Bruce is playing tremendous basketball with the Sydney Kings. He's part of a team that's sitting on top of the ladder at 8-1. and one. His numbers, coming off the bench as, as a guard, 5.9 points, 3, 3.9 assists a game, 22 assists in the last three games he's played. And that's for a guy who couldn't find a contract in the NBL last season. He started the season working out up in Cairns where he had played previously and was coming off a, another terrific QBL season. Season. But yeah, he ended up in Adelaide for the end of the season, but quickly snapped up by Will Weaver and the Kings right now, and he's a crucial part of the of that Kings lineup. And he's been especially important in the absence of of Kevin Lish. He's got a great story to tell. He's somebody I've enjoyed talking to over the years, and I've enjoyed being able to write articles about him and talking to him for them, whether it's for the NBL or for the clubs he's played for, and and just trying to draw attention to him because he's a great a great story of perseverance, and it's great to see it paying off for him now. So I hope you enjoy my chat now with Sean Bruce here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Sean, thanks for joining me here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. I've spoken to you a lot over the years and it's a little bit different now to be doing it for a podcast rather than an interview for an article, but always a pleasure to catch up to you. And over the years, it's, it's been a pleasure for me to get to write, to write about you because I think you're somebody that has always deserved the attention, deserved the opportunity to play big minutes and play a key role on a team, but it hasn't always, always happened. And I feel like over the years when I've written about you, it's been, in the back of my mind, it's been in a hope that these things would happen for you. Um, right now, over the first nine games for the Sydney Kings, it looks like you're getting to show what you've always been capable of showing. How much have you enjoyed this first six weeks of, of the season? Chris, firstly, appreciate that and uh, I guess the support you have shown me over the first, I guess, six or seven years mm. of my career. But um, yeah, I'm enjoying every day here with the, uh, with the Kings. I mean, there's a lot of changes here at the club and obviously bringing in a new coach with Will and 
even management with Paul taking over. So um, there's been a lot of changes around the club and um, I think they've all been positive changes and what they're trying to build here at the Kings in terms of being professional and really taking care of things off the court as well as on it. Um, it's been really exciting to be a part of and, yeah, it's just something I've enjoyed every day and I feel really comfortable here and, yeah, it feels really good. More than anything, it looks like a team that's a lot of fun to play on right now. You've got you've got so many players that are all playing their roles so well where there's probably not any great pressure on one player to stand up on any given night given you've got you've, – you've genuinely got probably eight or nine guys every single game so far that have made contributions to, to the wins that, that you've had. It looks like a team that is a lot of fun to play on. Is that how you would sort of describe this team so far? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, – I mean, we've got a lot of – I guess star-studded guys in our starting lineup, and playing with them is a lot of fun in itself for me. But um, I think what's special about this group is that those guys, they just want our team to be successful, and um, there's no real egos amongst them. And I think that just is infectious to the whole team and means the ball moves. It means we're not really worried about who's scoring. And, um, yeah, it's just a really fun way to play. What about for you when you can come on the court and play that role as a point guard? Uh, I think in the in the last three games you've had twenty two assists, which is which is remarkable, and it, it shows two things that you're doing a great job of distributing the ball and finding the the right guy to take the shot, and and that the guys are confident enough to to hit the shots when when you, when you find them. Um, how nice is it to have that sort of talent around you, where you know if you make the right play, they're likely going to finish off your good work. Yeah, I mean, those assist numbers are made pretty easy with the guys I've got around me and um, the style we're playing is pretty free-flowing, so if we can get stops and get out and kind of push the ball, I think, yeah, those opportunities are pretty easy to come by at the moment. Yeah, like we said earlier, it's just a lot of fun to play how we're playing and... um, yeah, I'm just really grateful to be a part of what we're doing here. You're playing in front of some big crowds as well, and this Sunday against the Hawks, the the club's trying to break the the NBA record and hopefully get more than seventeen thousand people to the game. They're doing some great things to try to raise some money for to help with the the, the horrible bushfires that are going on at the moment yeah. as well. Um, how much are you looking forward to to Sunday's big game against the Hawks? Yeah, I mean, definitely looking forward to it. Um, to hear what the club's trying to do with the amount of people are trying to get through the door I think as a player yeah you, you thrive and you look for those opportunities to play in front of big crowds but um, yeah up until this point our, our crowds have been great as well yeah. um, obviously with Lamello coming in he's dragging crowds wherever he goes around the country and uh, yeah we're looking forward to him coming to Sydney but yeah obviously also trying to raise some money for those affected by the bushfires what about tracing back six, seven, eight months whenever you did end up signing for the Kings? I think it surprised a lot of people, including me, when you couldn't find a spot in the league last season. I know you're up in up in Cairns and, and working hard, just trying just trying to stay in shape, trying to yeah. stay with within an NBL program, hoping a chance opened up. But it, it did in the end for Adelaide, but obviously it wasn't a full contract like like you deserved and like you're proving that you you deserve. Um, how did it all come about that you ended up signing signing with the Kings? Yeah, it kind of come, I guess, to me out of nowhere. I've been speaking to a couple of teams and myself, I was reaching out to every team that I could, trying to just get an in anywhere I could. Obviously, I was on the adder at the time and the king kind of came through my agent. Yeah, Will did some research on me with, I guess, the Boomers guys in you and some of my teammates that have been a part of 
those programs and um yeah just the way it worked out i guess um yeah the kings were the first team to come to me with something solid and um yeah it worked out really well and something i'm grateful um for them to see something in me and see how it's into their culture that they're trying to build and yeah, it was really exciting at the time and, yeah, really looking forward to what the rest of this season's going to be like. When you look back on, on last season and the start of it where you found yourself without out of contract and, you, like I said before, you were, you know, working out up in Cairns still. Firstly, how surprised were you that you didn't get a, get a contract and how determined were you to make sure that, I guess, you just banged down the door to make sure that that wasn't the end of your career and that you did get get another chance. How how desperate were you to make sure that that wasn't wasn't it for you? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too surprised at the time. I mean, I'd come off not playing so much my last year in Brisbane, mm. so I knew. I mean, I knew how good this league was, and I knew it was going to be tough to, I guess, come from a losing team like we were in Brisbane and not playing much on a losing team. I know it's not really a really good look so I wasn't overly surprised and I think at the time a lot of teams really had their backup guard positions locked in either with new free agents or guys that were on multi-year deals so I kind of saw it coming a little bit in a way but um, in terms of staying ready I guess I kind of with being around the league a lot I knew that things always come up with injuries and, and whatnot, and I never really took it as I was out of the league and um, didn't have a job I just kind of kept working up there in Cairns and making sure I was in shape and eventually I guess it come up in Adelaide with the job that come up in January I really thought it would come up sooner with how teams are with injuries and stuff like that but it just wasn't the case but um, yeah something I had to work through and yeah something I'm proud of with how I handled it yeah, just excited now to not be in that position and yeah. be competing again. Did you talk to your brother a lot about it? Because I think to a lot of people, his career probably ended sooner than it perhaps could have or, or should have. I'm not sure how, how he feels about it, but did you stay in touch with him about it and did he he help sort of give you some advice on how to make sure you, you were able to keep yourself sort of attractive to anyone who did find themselves with a position that opened up? Um, yeah, not, not so much. I mean, my whole family was kind of reaching out and seeing what I was up to and seeing how they could support me. Um, mm-hmm. That was Aaron and my other brother Cam, mum and dad, like everyone. But um, yeah, I was I was pretty good with where I was at and what I was doing in Cairns. I felt like that was a good um, situation yeah. for me up there with Mike and just being able to work with them every day was, was something that, yeah, I knew I couldn't take for granted but I just had faith in the back of my mind that it would pay off and that something would come up eventually and um, yeah I, I guess that did. How do you look back on your time both firstly with the Taipans where you you probably had your best season up until now in that in that grand final year but um, then you obviously moved down to Brisbane and and for, the, for those two years there and having spoken to you about it you probably were looking forward to a little bit of a little bit more freedom than you probably could have had under under Fernie, but maybe the two years didn't quite turn out how you hoped at the Bullets. How do you look back on your time at, at both those clubs to, to start your NBL career? Yeah, I mean, first, what Aaron Fern did for me to start my career, I could never thank him enough for bringing me up as a bit of an unknown as a development player. Um, yeah, giving me a really good opportunity to be a part of this league. I mean, he was, yeah super influential in me being who I am um, so yeah my time in Cairns was great um, 
lot of great memories. Obviously, we went to the grand final there, and mm-hmm. I was a part of that. That was a whole lot of fun, but um, it kind of just got to a point where, for me to grow, I felt like I had to move from Cairns, and yeah. at the time, that was that was tough because I had such good relationships with Bernie and the rest of the guys, and I mean, just dealing with contracts and stuff, sometimes that's up to your agent, management, and really who you go to war with every day with the players and coaches, it's, it's out of your hands, and um, yeah, for me to move forward at the time, it was the move to Brisbane and play with the Bullets, and um, yeah, I mean, everybody can say when we look back on those years at the Bullets, it was it was tough for a new club come in from scratch, and we obviously struggled there for a couple of years, and um, obviously thankful for that opportunity to play with that club, and for them to want me to be a part of the start of a new franchise, but um, yeah, I really wish we could have had some more team success. Yeah. How different is it in Sydney, both in terms of basketball, where you're now part of a part of a team that has you know some some of the biggest names in in the game, and you consider Andrew Bogut and Casper Ware and, and you know Diddy Lazada and, and Brad Newley and even Kevin Lish, who, who we haven't seen yet this season, and also living in the city there, compared to to Cairns and, and not so much Brisbane, but Cairns, Cairns and Adelaide as well. Um, has it taken you a little bit of adjusting to, to live in live in Sydney as well over the last last six or eight months? No, not a whole lot. Um, we're kind of based out at Olympic Olympic Park in mm-hmm. Western Sydney, so um, we're kind of away from everything that Sydney, I guess, has a reputation for with being busy and um, right in the thick of it. So in terms of living, I don't yeah, feel too much of a difference. I, I live out this side of town and pretty close to everything, so I'm not stuck in traffic or anything like that. So, um, yeah, living-wise, it hasn't been too much of an adjustment. How's life away from basketball treating you? It's obviously tough when sometimes you don't know what your future is and I guess when you're moving from city to city a fair bit over the last last four or five years, is is life away from basketball treating you as well as it seems to be on the court at the moment too? Um, yeah, I think it is. It's easy to enjoy everything else when your team's winning, I think. And, mm. yeah, everything's really good. Yeah, just really looking forward to finishing this season well and, Hopefully we can bring a championship to Sydney. What are you doing away from basketball? You're studying. Have you got Have you got some other things in place that I guess keeps you busy when you're you're not, you're not focused on on basketball? Yeah. So um, while I was in Cairns, actually, I was lucky they had a partnership with um, CQ yep. University while I played there, so I was able to finish a sports science degree while I was up there. And um, yeah, it took a couple of years off from studying while I was in Brisbane, but um, just recently this off-season, I've just uh, started a master's in business admin, so yeah, knocked over four, four subjects with that, so that's kept me busy during the off-season and the early part of this season, so um, yeah, trying to get as much onto my resume as I can mm-hmm. for, the, for the time that... Yeah, my career does finish. Yeah, absolutely. Just finally, now, as I mentioned earlier, my co-host on this show is Sean Redditch. Given you haven't played with him before, I can't imagine you have too many fond memories from from playing against Sean over the years. Yeah, I mean, played against Sean a lot. Mm. Um, I guess one of my <laughs> one of my first memories, and this is a credit to Sean, um, but when I was playing in Cairns, and I wasn't playing a lot, it was either when I was a development player or. Um, in my rookie year, I wasn't playing a lot, but I just remember like 
obviously Sean was known to get into it with guys and whatnot. I remember the coaching staff coming, coming to me and saying, hey, if it comes to it, kind of um, in this game, like we may need you to get out there and kind of run through a Sean Revy screen. And I think <laughs> that was a credit to Sean because our coaching staff viewed him as somebody that when he's in the game, he, he's extremely tough to handle. And I mean, getting into a bit of an altercation with him or kind of getting into one of those scuffles that Sean would get into from mm. time to time um, could potentially take him off his game or take the Wildcats off his game. But that's probably something, respect to the Wildcats, they never let that stuff get out of hand. And it's probably something Sean did really well. And it just showed what our coaching staff thought of Sean, that if, if we could get under his skin a little bit, um, yeah, it could go into helping us win. And they definitely saw him as a big factor, but bit of a story off topic. But, um, and that yeah, was really, good. Res- really respect what Sean did across his career. He um, did it a different way out there in Perth, and it was a big part of their system and had a lot of success. So I'm sure a lot of guys would really respect that and would, would love to emulate his career. Yeah, absolutely. But speaking of having fine careers, you're doing you're doing really well yourself, Sean. You you're up to 165 games now in the league, and you're probably playing the best basketball of your life too. And it's a, it's a credit to you for sticking sticking at it and for for now getting the chance that you deserve. Like I said at the at the start of this of this chat, you've you've always had the ability to do what you're doing right now. All you needed was the 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 platform to do it. So I couldn't be happier for you to be playing the way you are now. And let's hope it continues. And yeah, thanks thanks for joining us on the show. Next up here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle, we'll keep the interviews going. Big show this week, heading into round seven of the NBL season, and and I caught up with Cody Ellis, a man who obviously grew up with basketball in his blood, and he grew up with Perth Perth Wildcats in his blood, given what his dad Mike did as a as a early early stalwart and captain and championship winner at the Wildcats. But after his college career over at St. Louis University, it never quite eventuated that he played with the Wildcats. And if you have a look at the men, the men in his position, whether it was Sean Reddidge or, or Matty Knight or Jesse Wagstaff or even in recent years Nick Kay, you can probably understand why. But I think it's something that has always frustrated Wildcats fans that the Ellis name didn't continue with the Wildcats. But he had some good years at the Sydney Kings, first of all, straight out of college and then at the Illawarra Hawks, including helping them to a, to a grand final. But disappointingly, I think for a lot of people, he's found himself out of the league now for the last season and, and, a, and a bit after a tough last season at the Hawks. Continues to play tremendous basketball in the WASBL with the Warwick Senators, where he's, he's coached by his dad, Mike. He's a terrific family man with his wife, Lauren, and son, Chase. So we'll chat about all of that and a lot more in this, in this following interview, and I hope you enjoy it. I caught up with Cody Ellis for Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Welcome back here to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle, and I'm very, very grateful to be joined by by Cody Ellis on the show. A lot of you would recognise the Ellis name if you're a, a Perth Wildcats fan from back in the day, but also if you've been an NBL fan over the last seven or eight years, you would have watched him at the Illawarra Hawks and the Sydney Kings, and even if you're a you're a local WASBL fan, you would have watched him at the Warwick Senators as well. Cody, thanks very much for joining me. Appreciate you having me, man. Great, great to be able to chat with you because you've got a fascinating story to share. But before we get to looking back and looking forward a little bit, can you just yep. just tell tell our listeners what you're up to at the moment? Because I think, like I said in my introduction, I think it's disappointing to a lot of us that you're not playing in the NBL. So, what does what does life have in store for you at the moment? Yeah, man. I mean, obviously, uh, 
bit frustrating from my side not to be uh, playing in the league uh, anymore, but uh, is what it is. Um, so yeah, normal working man these days, mate. Working at um, working at a company called Campion Education. Um, working the warehouse, dealing with all the incoming stock and uh, all that stuff, and then uh, work a bit down at Warwick Stadium, bit of coaching and. Um, bit of uh, games controlling just of some of the junior cops down there and um, then yeah spending time with the fam man which is which is pretty nice that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about so we might as well get straight into it because I think a lot of people didn't realise that for most of the time while you were playing in Sydney and playing in Wollongong, you were you were away from from your wife Lauren and away from your your son Chase. Um, one of the benefits, yep. I guess, out of being able to move back to Perth over the last eighteen months is, is I'm sure, being able to spend a lot more time with them. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, yeah, look, my my first two years in the league with Sydney, uh, these guys were with me, mm-hmm. uh, luckily. But uh, once uh, once we went to the, the Hawks, um, the little fella, you know, started up school and all that sort of stuff. And um, I didn't really want to be moving him schools all the time. Yeah. And um, you know, I always knew I was going to be coming back to, to Perth to play in the off season. And we figured may as well uh, kind of settle down here a bit. Um, for his sake more than anyone and um, yeah so look over the past yeah 18 months now it's, it's been nice to uh, to actually live the family life as well mm. what are your thoughts basketball wise because I think watching you play in the SBL and, and having what compare that to when you were playing in the NBL you might even be in better shape right now you, you, you're you in terrific shape you're playing as well as you ever have still so mm-hmm. ability wise and physical wise there's no reason you can't be playing in the NBL right now is, is it a hope for you to still be able to get back there at some stage or have you started to, to give up on that on that dream look it's one of those things that I've, I've talked to my wife about probably more than she wants to talk about to be mm-hmm. honest with you but um yeah, look, look, the body feels good. I mean, I'm only 29 years old. Yeah, it's not yeah. like I'm, you know, mid-30s or anything like that yet. So, uh, you know, and that's that's probably the frustrating part for me, um, not being able to pick up a contract somewhere. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I can I can compete with some of the some of the players around the league still, mm. for sure. Um, but, yeah, look, I mean, you know, I, I spoke to my agent during this last off-season and, you know, there was nibbles here and there, but there was nothing really solid and... Um, you know, to to have to move away from the fam again, you know, it'd have to be something decent or at least, you know, a couple of years where, um, you know, I could bring the family with me and stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of, it's it's almost on the verge of, of probably not happening again. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I mean, this will be my currently my second year out of the league and you don't see too many guys come back into a league after a few years out, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, look, I'm... I'm I'm trying to keep in shape and, and all that sort of stuff and play my best basketball I can. Um, you know, and if, if something comes calling, then so be it. If not, then it yeah. is what it is. I've also spoken to Sean Bruce on this week's show, and he's a, he, I guess he's a perfect example of somebody that yeah. shows that you you just don't give up and you never know what can happen because you're in a very similar situation to him where you, felt, you found yourself out of the league, but you've also kept yourself in great shape. You've kept yourself playing strong basketball in the state league and you've kept yourself ready. Like if a club called you right now, I'm sure you're you're ready to go. So, I mean, it's just a matter of waiting to see and it's out of your hands in a, in a lot of ways, which is frustrating. But right. if it happens, yeah. you're, you're ready to go, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, look, Bruce is killing it right now. Mm. He's, uh, he's just – he's found his perfect spot um, with those boys and he's, uh, he's killing it. And like you said, he's, he's that perfect example of uh, always staying ready, man. 
I'm sure you'd be able to play overseas and do it successfully as well, but the fact that you've got your family to think about, is that why you've sort of resisted that temptation too? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, look, having, having the family and, and all that sort of stuff, I was it was always going to be one of those things that it was kind of NBL or, or nothing really. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like overseas never really sparked my interest too much, to yeah. be perfectly honest with you. So, yeah, um, adding that into... You know, the, the equation with the family and all that sort of stuff, it was, it was nothing that I ever really looked at, to be honest. Having a look at the league at the moment, and especially this weekend now with the Kings and Hawks game this Sunday where they're trying to break the league's attendance record of 17,000 people, they're both your former clubs and, you know, yep. they both, I know you got to a grand final at the Hawks, but in terms of crowd-wise, they weren't always at, at, at its peak, I guess, when you're at both clubs. How yeah. have you seen the, the growth of the league, I guess, in recent years? And given they're both your former clubs, how proud are you to see that they're able to, to put on a, a show like they're going to this Sunday? Oh, mate, it's awesome. It is. It's absolutely awesome. And especially with uh, with all the, the money that they're going to be raising this weekend sure. um, for the bushfire stuff, um, which is which is awesome. Yeah, look, when uh, when I was with the Hawks, we uh, that year we made the grand final. We had uh, we had the stadium pretty jam packed yeah. quite a few times. Which is which is great, and uh, you know to see to see a community like that get around the team is, is huge, and because it's such a small little town. Mm. But even up in Sydney now, man, it's uh, the attendance they're getting now, and you know the uh, the team that they've put on the um, on the floor is is awesome. Yeah. And it's really cool to see. It's it's um, it's something that I think the league needed. They needed Sydney to be that that big team and. Right now, they're the team to beat, and um, I think that's definitely something the league needed, and, and they've done well to uh, to get that to where it is now. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to watching that game on the weekend. How do you reflect on though? That, I guess it was a a couple of seasons at, at the Sydney Kings where you. Mm-hmm. The first season you joined halfway way through, once you got back from college, Shane Hill was your coach to start with. He was always a big fan of yours, and I, I yep. assume he still still is. Um, how, how do you reflect back on that time with the Kings to start with? Yeah, look, I um, it was it was one of those ones where I stayed in college for another semester yeah. just to um, get closer to graduating. Um, just took an extra few classes. When I came over, I probably wasn't in the shape that I would have liked to just because well I wasn't really able to, to play or anything mm. like that in the in the six months leading up to that. Yep. Um, which is which is unfortunate and that's that's something that uh, I certainly it certainly sucks and looking back it, it um, obviously didn't help when I first got there. You know, it took a took quite a few games just for me to get into my groove again and all that sort of stuff. Um, but look man, Hammer Emma's uh, an awesome dude. He um, he knows his stuff. Love listening to him on the commentary now. Mm. Um, you know, that was, it was a bit of a shambles that year, just with everything that went on. And but yeah, look, I mean, to be to be able to play for a, a club like the Sydney Kings was was certainly uh, a big honour and something that uh, I never took lightly. And um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Then at the Hawks, it was it was really disappointing in a lot of ways that it ended how it did in that in that last season where. Yep. Um, I mean, we all, we all know the story now, and and I remember writing something at the at the at the time about how yeah. 
you know, it wasn't Bebo's decision. It wasn't anything you had done. It was just a decision from up above that they didn't want you to be playing, which was terribly frustrating because once you got on the court in the second half of that season, you showed what you could still you, you could mm-hmm. still do. Did that cloud the way you sort of reflect on your time with the Hawks? Because up until that last season, you'd, you'd had a great time there. Yeah, look, I, I try to not let it cloud mm. it, but, you know, it's, it's certainly... You know, extremely glaringly obvious that it happened, and mm. um, you know there was there was so much talk around it, which is something that I wanted to try and avoid a bit, yep. um, just because it kind of I felt like it kind of took away from the team and stuff like that. And you know when we spoke about it last, you know I, I did mention that. But yeah, look, I, I loved my time at, uh, at the Hawks, and you know Wollongong is one of my favourite places. Um, Probably is probably is my favourite place that I've ever lived. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, look, it it sucks, but you know, I, I certainly certainly love my time there. Loved loved everything about it. Um, you know, all the boys, um, the the whole community was just was just amazing, and uh, yeah. It just seems like one of those places, once you're entrenched at the club, once you're entrenched in the city, it just seems like one of those places you, you never want to leave. I, I've spoken to Kevin White this week as well, and he, he didn't, he certainly didn't want to leave. He was, he was happy yeah. to spend the rest of his, his, his life living there once he got settled there with his, with his new baby. Have a look at, you know, guys like AJ Ogilvy and mm-hmm. Tim Conrad. And, you know, now that they're settled there, it's just one of those places that once you're there, you, you just never want to leave. Yeah, hundred percent, man, hundred percent, and uh, that was certainly a very upsetting thing when uh, when I wasn't resigned. Mm. Is uh, just leaving the place, mate. Um, like I said, just the just Wollongong in general, but uh, also the community and stuff like that is just just uh, you know a level above everything. Um, you know, I still keep in contact with with lots of guys over there, um, and yeah, you know, like you said, you got. Tim Conrad, AJ Ogilvy's, even Oscar Foreman's yeah. still living over there and stuff like that. Um, it's just a place you don't want to leave. It was always a great credit to you that you always kept coming back to play in the SBL with the the Senators as well, even when you were, were in the in the NBL. And and now you've continued to, to do that. Obviously, the Senators is a club that means a lot to you. It was, it was your junior club. You know, Sterling's been a big part of your your whole family's life. Going yep. back to to your dad and 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 your uncles and 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 everybody, how much does it mean to you to be able to still play at that club and and to the best thing for me is seeing the whole Ellis family there every time you walk into Warwick Stadium yep. on a on a game night. It's just a fantastic fantastic thing to see that it means so much to everybody that's in your family. Yeah, yeah man, and like you mentioned, it's it's kind of the family club, you know, yeah. and you know to be able to play for the one club, you know, from when I was when I basically started basketball all the way up until, you know, now. It is awesome. And, you know, I've, I take a lot of pride in that uh, in being the one club man, you know. Um, I don't think it really matters what level, you know. Mm. SBL is is, uh, is at a very high level and it's one of those things I think the league is, is really overlooked mm. being so far away from, yeah. you know, the East Coast. It kind of just gets, you know, pushed to the side. But uh, I really think we have teams in the league that can compete with anyone. Uh, all over the country in any of the other leagues and um, yeah look the whole family still gets around the club and you know obviously dad's the coach mm-hmm. uh, still and <laughs> I actually we, we heard lots of rumours this off season that uh, dad and I had quit the club and moved to another <laughs> club and all that sort of stuff and uh, 
yeah, for anyone thinking that, they're uh, they're crazy because mm-hmm. that's, that's never going to happen. I'd, I'd rather stop playing than, than go to play for another club. Yeah, I, I, I never would have bought into that at all. And yeah, exactly. certainly in terms of your dad, I always imagined if if you wanted to keep coaching, then it's, it's his job and he wouldn't be coaching yep. any, anywhere else either. But in, in, in terms mm-hmm. of that, you've been you've been a really good team for you know four or five years now. And even, even this year, you're able to push – Geraldton to three games and you won a game up in Geraldton they went on to win yep. the, the championship that push to win that championship given you've been such a good team for so long that must be something that, that drives you and your dad dad on to, to keep going to yeah definitely man definitely and like we we do talk about it all the time and um yeah, like we, we feel like we're really close. You know, mm. we feel like we're just there. You know, last couple of years, we've kind of just stumbled just at the end. And, you know, I thought we had a really good chance to to beat Geraldton in, this, in that series yeah. last uh, this last season. And, look, they, they ended up being too good for us. And, like you said, they went up to win it all, you know, which is, which is great. It's great for them. You know, a couple of those guys have been hunting for that. Uh, for a while now, mm. um, so you know it's good to good to see them end up getting it. But uh, yeah, that's that's certainly something that that we're hunting for. And you know we've got kind of a core group of guys that have been in that same hunt with us for, for the past couple of years, and we're certainly very hungry. So uh, it's uh, certainly in our drive, and it's certain, certainly something that we we talk about preseason and kind of helps motivate us, um, get us ready for the next season. Something you probably get asked all the time, but I'll probably get lots of complaints if I don't throw it your way. Have you ever come close to playing for the for the Perth Wildcats, and has it ever been something that you've been desperate to try and do, or is it something that is more something that people from the outside naturally look at just because of your dad's history at the club? Yeah, it's definitely uh, people on the outside um, talking about it more mm. so than anyone. I've never really spoken to a man, to yeah. be honest. Look, they've, they've had guys like Sean and Jesse Wagstaff in, in their four spots um, for, you know, as long as I've been in the league. Yeah. And, and, you know, now they've got Jesse on another two-year contract and they've got Reese Fay coming in and obviously and, Nick, and K, Nick K too. Um, there now. So, yeah. you know, look, that's it's it's obviously their core group has worked for them, you know, being so successful and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's one of those things that, if they ever did talk to me, then you know it's something I definitely would have considered. Mm-hmm. But it, it was—it's never been something that I've you know, absolutely craved to to play for them, just because of you know what the family's done with them. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to ask you about, and it's probably the thing that you'll enjoy talking about the most, your, your son Chase and the way he's yeah. growing up into a, a cheeky little fella. Just talk me through what it's been like to see him grow up and to see him continue to, to grow up into into the boy that he is. Oh, it's awesome, man. It's uh, you know, it's, it's definitely one of the best things I've, I've ever done in my life is, is become a dad. And you know, he's uh, you're right, he's, he's definitely a cheeky little fella. Um, <laughs> But man, it's it's so cool to see them grow and just you know just just watch them day by day, yeah. you know, learn things. And um, the the misses and the little fellow were actually in the states these past three and a half weeks, and he they, they came back and he was he was way taller than when he left, and it, <laughs> it freaked me out when I was at the airport. You know, he's he's uh, he's starting to shoot up a bit. Mm. The uh, the kid doesn't stop eating. It's yeah. it's crazy. Um, which I now understand what mum and dad were on about all those years mm-hmm. when I was at home. And um, but oh man, I love it, and it, it's it's great to to like I said, watch them grow and and kind of be part of that. And 
see little traits of yourself and, and the family creep into uh, their everyday life. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. Well, that's fantastic. And you've got a great basketball st- story to share already, Cody, and hopefully it's not finished. I'm sure it's not finished because, like you said, you're not even 30 yet. And, and to think that somebody like Sean was still playing in the NBL until he was 36 and he's still playing in the SBL now at, yeah, at, at 38. So you've got plenty left left in the tank, I hope. I would hope. Thanks again for joining us, Cody. Always great to catch up with you. And, yeah, I look forward to following what you, do, what you, what you get up to next. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on the show. That interview with Cody Ellis was proudly brought to you by ID Athletic. Now, we're going to have a very special deal for the rest of this season between ID Athletic and here with Basketball Hustle, where one of our listeners, if you're part of a part of a basketball club, so whether you're a junior team, a social team, even a, even a state league team, no matter what sport you are as well, we'll have a competition running now for the rest of this season. So check out our social media pages, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or indeed on Twitter. We'll have a website set up where you can register your details and by the end of the season we'll pick out one winner who will win a full set of uniforms for your team so stay tuned to Basketball Hustle for that but ID Athletic a fantastic apparel provider for basketball or for any sport indeed so get in touch with the team at idathletic.com they'll take care of all of your apparel needs for your sporting team so whether it's what you you wear on the field or on the court whether it's your polo shirts and jackets and pants and everything else off the court ID Athletic will have you looking tremendous this season if you want to impress anybody if you want to be in the finest gear check out idathletic.com special deal if you mention Basketball Hustle a four week turnaround from the top you place your order to delivery, free design service if you need it. ID Athletic will have you looking the very best on and off the off the court and off the field this season. So check them out at idathletic.com. Well, it's time for the fourth quarter, and this week we've got a special fourth quarter, and I'm going to talk about the four surprises so far in the NBL. This segment's brought to you by Devlin's and Subiaco. Head there for anything that you want for this Christmas time. If you're a man, if you need ties, you need cufflinks, you need cigars, they've got it all. So thanks to Devlin's. Now, my four surprises so far in the NBL, you first got to start with a Lamelo ball effect. You know, I don't think anyone realized how big of an effect he might have on this league. He's putting up fantastic numbers. Everyone's talking about him potentially being a number one pick, but just the exposure that he is getting the NBL over in the USA, here in Australia. People are showing up at his games, even though his team isn't playing great. They want to see what he's all about, what he can do with the basketball out there on the court. So it's exciting for the NBL. The Next Stars program has been a great initiative, and I think it's something unique that the NBL has brought that no other league in the world's been able to match. So Credits to Larry Kesselman and the NBL for this initiative. And, uh, you know, see the guys like DeMello Ball, RJ Hampton, and Didi Lozada just light up the league is uh, is fantastic. And that's my first surprise, just how big of an effect that has had. I think when, when the league first came out with it, they weren't sure what uh, how successful it was going to be. But I don't think they envisioned it to be this successful. So credit to uh, them, credit to, to the Ball family for uh, the exposure that they've given to the league. 
league. Now, my second surprise is the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Just their great start to the season. You know, I, I don't think anyone would have predicted that, you know, with a new coach, a new franchise, all these new players coming in, usually it takes at least a half a season to kind of start to gel. But the fact they've had so many home games, you know, I think they br- did a great job recruiting, bringing in so many established stars like your Mitch Creek, bringing back Ben Madgen, and then finding a diamond in the rough in John Roberson has been huge for them and they're they're just playing at a whole nother level that uh, I don't think anyone would have expected this early in the season. Now my third surprise so far is just the lack of minutes for Ruben Tarangi and Mika Bacona. I know Brisbane started out well. They you know they won three quick games but those guys, especially Ruben Tarangi, the season he had last year coming off you know probably some not many minutes when he was over in New Zealand and he was just outstanding for Brisbane last year getting most improved and this year he's averaging nine points three point or nine minutes three points a game yet to record a block three assists 33% from the field. So, you know, I think they've got to, one, try and use him a little bit more. And even Mika Bacona, you know, his stats don't really tell you his value to a team. So, yeah, I think they're a little bit small. I think they're going to need that experience if they're going to contend with the Perth Wildcats, Sydney Kings, and Melbourne United. And my last surprise is just how dominant the Sydney Kings have been, especially defensively. You you looked at this team, you thought they they made up pretty well. You know, they brought in Casper Ware. Didi Lozada was kind of an X-Factor. Factor. He's been much better than I think anyone could have predicted. And I just like, but to me, the guy that's made a huge difference is Deshaun Tate. He has been, he's fun to watch. I really like the way he plays. Just a bulldozer down there doing all the little things. They needed someone to kind of be that, uh, kind of get down and dirty and do the, the little things that a, a success, successful team needs. And, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm wondering, could they end up with, with a, like a 26 and 2 record? or I think the league's too tough to get that type of record, but they could be up there. If they can go all the way and play this dominant, they could be up there with some of the greatest teams to ever take the court. When you got Andrew Bogut, they still got Kevin Lish to come back. So uh, they, they just got to stay healthy. But I like, can't believe that they're this dominant with so many, especially with a new coach, Will Weaver. He's done a fantastic job. So credit to the Sydney Kings. And that's the fourth quarter segment for this week. Thanks for joining us. And we'll look forward to another great segment next week. Okay, Sean, it's now time for our round seven preview and it all starts Friday night. First ever meeting in this historic rivalry between the Adelaide 36ers and the Perth Wildcats at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. Could very well set another record crowd in South Australia for this one. Big game for both clubs as well, coming off losses. Um, it's, a, it's a hell of a rivalry as we know. You were, you were a big part of it for, for a long time, but this is a, a, a cracking way to start off the round on Friday night. Here they are. Both teams are going to be uh, desperate for a win. I think Adelaide being uh, at home, I think they usually play pretty well. Joey Wright will have their boys uh, fired up. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, it's kind of been a tough stretch there with the Wildcats. So much travel um, going all the way South Island of New Zealand, back to Perth, over to Sydney, back home, back over to Adelaide. Uh, I, I'm actually going to tip Adelaide in this one, just being at home and knowing their desperation and, and all the travel that the Wildcats have had to do over the, the past little uh, couple of weeks. I think Adelaide might uh, sneak and get a win there. Does that hurt you as a Wildcats great tipping against Perth in Adelaide? Look, it's, yeah, I mean, but you just got to, you know, I try and put my... Uh, 
<laughs> you, you know my tipping hat? Yeah, all if, right. Uh, I, you know, you try and put your, uh, I guess, your emotions, uh, and I guess, you know, obviously you've got a, a long-time connection there with the Wildcats, but um, just kind of putting on that expert in, into this one. And, I, you know, I just think that there's just so many things that are going against uh, the Wildcats as, as good as they are. I haven't seen the Wildcats get to that next level yet. I think they've, they've got some wins, but I haven't seen them really click on all cylinders outside of that Southeast Melbourne Phoenix game at home. They've uh, they've been able to get some wins on the road, but it, it hasn't been convincing yet. Then on Saturday, a doubleheader starts with the third throwdown already. So we're seven weeks in and already had three of these Melbourne, Melbourne derbies. Melbourne United Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. United are on, on fire at the moment, as we've talked about earlier in the show, but the Phoenix have been been unbeatable, unbeatable in Melbourne as well, just about too. Yeah, it's been a, uh, definitely a favorable schedule for the, for the Phoenix. We talked about that early on, but I, I think Melbourne United, just the way they're playing, they're going to get Casey Prather back in the, into the uh, swing of things as well. I think he'll be much, much more effective this week having another, uh, uh, I guess a week of training and also getting those, those first couple of games you come back, you're just, uh, you know, you're just kind of finding your touch and your feel for the game. So I think he'll be much better. And, and with Casey Prather playing, uh, the level that, that we know what he's capable of, I think it's going to make Melbourne United pretty tough and, and playing, uh, at home, not having to travel. I think, uh, United get that one. And second up on Saturday, I think they've dubbed it the Sunshine Stoush now between the Cairns Taipans and, and Brisbane Bullets. Another must win game for the Taipans. They can't afford to lose again. And home and slipped to two and seven, but the Bullets can't afford to, to drop it either. It's a, it's a big game for both teams. Sunshine Stoush, that's, uh, that's a new one, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that one plays out. Don't feel like that has as uh, a, a good uh, connotation to it that uh, that you would expect in the, in the fierce sunshine swing there. So I, I think Brisbane will will be able to to get that one. Uh, can they just you know the, not being able to get Illawarra at home, I think kind of hurts their confidence a little bit. But you, but you're right. I think, you know, Kansas is going to get that one. I think they just play through Nate JY and try and expose, I guess, maybe the lack of bigs that, that Brisbane have. Um, and, and I think that uh, Brisbane, they the desperately need that one and see if they can get Cam Glidden uh, firing as well. And on Sunday, massive game. I know that the Kings are hoping to break the NBA record, hopefully. Um, they're hoping to get 17,000-plus people to this game. If, even even just to get to 11,000 to break the record between these two clubs will be a, a fantastic effort. Um, Sydney Kings, Illawarra Hawks on, on Sunday at, at the Kingdom. Well, for a game between one versus nine, mm-hmm. um, there's just so much hype around it. It's all a LaMelo ball factor. And, that, and that's what LaMelo Ball has been able to bring to the league. Uh, besides his fantastic play and his exposure, when he comes to town, even when he came to Perth, great turnout, even better than, than their first game. So it's um, it's exciting. And, and, you know, you want to see potentially the number one pick play because this is probably going to be the only time that you're going to get a chance to, to see a guy like that play play in the NBL. So it's a, uh, you know, hopefully the, the Sydney King fans turn out, probably get some come up from Illawarra as well. And, uh, we'll see, uh, you know, I think it's going to be, obviously the Kings will, will get this one, but, uh, it's going to be exciting and, and hopefully give a little bit more exposure to, uh, to the NBL with, with that one there in, uh, the city of Sydney. Now you'll be courtside for this one for the TV coverage. The Perth Wildcats New Zealand Breakers on Sunday. The Breakers will be fresh. Hopefully they get some some bodies back as well. Wildcats coming off playing in Adelaide on Friday, but it's been a long time since they played at home, so they they'll want to make the most of that. 
Yeah, they will. They and it, you know they they get a little bit more energy when they're at home defensively. They're they're much better. The defense hasn't been outstanding this year so far. So they're going to be looking. I thought they've rebounded the last uh, couple games much better than they did at the start of the year, where they were dead last in uh, defensive rebounding, which is almost unheard of of a of a Wildcats team. So uh, you know, New Zealand, it's always a tough travel coming over. Uh, the, the thing that they do have benefiting them is, is the Wildcats playing in Adelaide on Friday night, traveling back. They might even be in Perth before Adelaide or before Perth gets back from Adelaide. So it's, uh, you know, there's some things that could, could go in New Zealand's favor, but as we talked about earlier, I just feel like their, their chemistry, um, I'm never going to discount a team that's got Corey Webster and the way that he can shoot the basketball can mm-hmm. will a team to win. Um, he's a flat out scorer and, and you see that when he plays with the national team as well. He can, he can light it up with the best of them in the world. So he's, he, there's a chance there, but you know, I, I expect the Wallace have to take that one at home and, uh, I guess get off the, the losing streak potentially if they, uh, if they lose to Adelaide on, on Friday. And last up, Monday night in Melbourne, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, Adelaide 36 is another chance for Mitch Craig to play against his, his old team. Um, both teams coming off playing earlier in the weekend too, so you'd have you know, to like see. Play, play every weekend, Pikey. <laughs> <laughs> the way the schedule is, um, especially in, in Melbourne, but the, uh, that, that's a tough one to pick. I think, um, Southeast Melbourne, Phoenix, I guess, just being at home. But Adelaide, I mean, it's only a short trip from Adelaide to Melbourne, so I don't think that'll worry them too much. But, uh, you know, I think Mitch Creek does enjoy playing against his, his former team. We've seen that early in the season. So uh, I think Southeast Melbourne, Phoenix, the way they've been playing their form, they'll be able to, to get that one. So those, those are my picks for the week. But, uh, you know, in NBL basketball, it means nothing until you put the ball at basketball. Uh, throw that up there and, and see how it all plays out. No, you're right, but we're holding each other to our account. If you have a look on social media, we put our tips up every week, and I think it's pretty close. I'll I'll do the tally, but we might even be equal coming to this round, Sean. So things are, are tightening up between between us in terms of our tips. But thanks again for your insight and terrific show again this week. Thanks to Sean Bruce and Cody Ellis for catching up with us, and thanks to you also for your special fourth quarter segment for this week, Sean. Thanks always, as always, to Hoops for being our naming rights sponsor. Thanks to the support of ID Athletic and to Devlin's. Now, Sean, it's time for your final thoughts for this week. Well, and do we have a special for Hoops Heaven for our listeners uh, there, Pikey? We absolutely do. The code word, you can use it at the checkout if you head on to hoopsheaven.com.au and the code word is HUSTLE. You'll get a very special discount. So make sure you get along there and use that and help yourself to some very special goodies. That's right. Christmas coming up. No better place than uh, to get you the latest NBL, NBA jersey short. Uh, you know, if you need some uh, some basketball shoes for for your uh, for your loved ones, that's uh, that's the place to go. And, and use the word hustle and uh, support our sponsors. And uh, you know, they'll take care of you over there. Get the even if you're uh, over east or, or away from from Perth, they'll be able to ship that out to you. So go on and support uh, Food Seven, and uh, we'll look forward to listening to everyone uh, back here next week. <laughs> Bye, have a great time.